The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a weekly look at Portland's nonprofits and do gooders with interviews, music, and documentaries. You're listening to the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X Ray FM, brought to you by the Media Institute for Social Change, a public interest media lab that works to inspire, empower, and engage emerging media producers. Learn more online at mediamakingchange.org. Today on our show, the nonprofit of the hour is Portland Autobahn. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. Bob Salinger is the Director of Conservation for the um, Portland Audubon. Did I just get that right? Audubon Portland? Because you guys changed the name. Uh, it, it was originally Oregon Audubon uh, and then Audubon Society of Portland and now Portland Audubon. Okay. I was right the first time. How are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Good. Good. Hey, it's, it's nice to catch up to you at the, uh, well, we're talking right now at the end of the summer uh beginning of the rainy season um which i would think for 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 birds and outdoors is a significant pivot uh, it is this is uh the peak of migration season right now so we have huge numbers of birds passing through right now and uh you know oregon's kind of in the middle of the pacific flyway so uh we have just tremendous number of birds uh heading south well um, which which are the um which are the loudest which are the loudest. Well, the ones you tend to hear, I think that people really think about migration uh, are the Canada geese, which, you know, move overhead at night. And so you really hear that Canada geese honking and it's, it's just an amazing thing. Um, so uh, a lot of birds moving through and it's actually a very perilous time for birds as well right now. Uh, you know, migration is a time when they're really using all of their resources and, um, uh, there's a lot we can do during this time of the year to make things uh, better for them. Uh, one of them right now is turning out is turning out unnecessary lighting. Cities cause birds huge problems uh, because the uh, lighting from cities actually disrupts their migratory patterns. It, it makes it difficult for them to navigate. Uh, and so a lot of cities, including Portland, have lights out programs, something that we've really encouraged to uh, reduce nighttime lighting. Oh, it's fascinating. And 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 are the how does the how does the light disorient them? Do, do they do they trigger in that it might be daytime or does it how how does it disorient them? Uh, it, it disrupts their ability to navigate, and so a lot of birds navigate by celestial bodies, and it can really disrupt them that way. It can draw them in uh, to an urban environments and cause them to land rather than migrate through. Uh, it just is, is disorienting for them. And so uh, it actually has been uh, one of the real challenges that birds face, uh, you know, from the man-made environments. Yeah, and, and um, maybe associated with that, but let's talk about forest fires then. I mean, uh, you know, certainly Southern Oregon um, and, and then obviously Northern California right now, I mean, that uh the the smoke the light the heat that has to be disorienting i would i would just assume it can be as well and you know you think of the extreme weather events that birds are facing i mean we're all facing and um uh, it's really quite 
amazing to think about these, these creatures that really are sentinels for the health of our environment and that really have very little margin for other error in their life cycles. And we're putting them through incredible stress these days. You think about the ice storm that we had last winter, you think about the fires, you think about the heat dome that occurred. Um, it's just an incredibly quickly changing stressful environment for them. And birds are already under tremendous pressure. Uh, there was a study published a couple of years ago that talked about the fact that we have 3 billion less birds today in North America than we had 50 years ago. That was with a B, billion. Billion, yeah, with a B. Uh, birds are, are declining uh, rapidly. And it's not just uh, species that we think about as endangered, like the marble merlet or the spotted owl, uh, but it's also common species that are seeing very precipitous declines over time. And so uh, it's incredibly important that, you know, first and foremost, we protect their habitat. Uh, and then also that we deal with these anthropogenic human caused uh, uh, sources of mortality, these uh, hazards like building collisions, uh, light pollution, pesticides, uh, cat predation. Uh, we just are putting incredible uh, pressure on our bird populations these days. Yeah, and what does that do to Portland Audubon? I mean, what, what responsibilities do you now have? Um, obviously, education has always been part of it, as, and we'll talk about uh, the education center and the actual, the, the, the property that's there. But does that also mean, do you go down to city hall and try to get lights out ordinances? Uh, I mean, what, what, what else do you guys do in response? Well, we've been around for a long time. Portland Audubon was founded in 1902 uh, and it was founded uh, specifically to pass the first bird protection laws in Oregon and to found the first wildlife refuges in the Western United States. And so our, our first uh, order of business was to establish Klamath National Wildlife Refuge, Malheur National Refu Wildlife Refuge in Three Arch Rocks, and to pass the Oregon Model Bird Act. And so we've been working on these issues for, for over a century. Uh, we're actually the largest chapter of National Audubon Society in the United States. This is a community that really, really cares about its wildlife. Uh, and we work locally and we work statewide. And so uh, we have programs, uh, uh, including environmental education programs for uh, kids and adults. Uh, we have our wildlife care center, the busiest wildlife hospital in Oregon and the uh, first wildlife hospital in the United States. Um, uh, and we have sanctuaries at the coast in Portland uh, and on Mount Hood. Uh, and then we do advocacy both locally and statewide uh, to protect birds and the habitats on which they depend and to ensure that uh, people have access to nature and healthy environments. Um, that's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> let, let me just grab hold of one because uh, uh, hospitals, hospitals have been... Uh, and in, in, in everybody's already daily conversation, at least human and COVID hospitals. Let's talk about let's talk about the bird hospitals and what does that mean? I mean, is there is there a vet on site? How do the birds get there? Um, I mean, is is there do people bring them in? Is there a bird ambulance? Is there a hotline? There there is um, some degree all of the above. Um, we. Uh, have had a wildlife hospital beginning in the 1930s. Um, and our wildlife hospital treats between uh, three and 5,000 animals every year. 
Uh, they come to us mostly from throughout the metro region. Uh, and we have a great staff, including a veterinarian, uh, Connie Lowe, who uh, take care of the animals, and then an incredible volunteer corps. It takes uh, more than 100 volunteers every week uh, to keep the animal hospital operating. And what we do is we, we, we the public brings us animals, uh, agencies bring us animals. Occasionally, we go out and get them as well uh, that have been injured uh, or orphaned. Uh, we try to give them a second chance in the wild, uh, rehabilitate them and get them back out uh, to the wild. Uh, and we also try to address the problems that bring them in as well. Uh, and that can be on a small scale. Uh, if your cat caught the bird, uh, here are some things you can do to reduce cat predation. If it hit your windows, here are some things you can do to reduce window strikes. And then at a larger scale as well, public policy, uh, as you mentioned, things like uh, bird safe buildings, uh, reducing light pollution, addressing pesticides to address uh, problems at a bigger scale that harm our wildlife. Um, I just want to, so three to 5,000 animal uh, birds a year, which, which, you know, works out to like eight to 10 every day. I mean, we're talking, you're talking almost every hour. If you guys are open nine to five, nine to six, you're, and, and a bird's coming in every hour. We are open uh, 365 days a year. Um, rain, snow, sunshine, you name it, we're here uh, because the animals need to be taken care of. Uh, in the summertime, we're open uh, more than 12 hours a day. In the wintertime, we're open about eight hours a day, seven days a week. And uh, it really is seasonal to some degree. We get a lot of the animals in during the spring and summer. Uh, this year, we had two days where we got over 100 animals in in a single day. Uh, that was during the heat dome. And uh, literally, there was a line across the parking lot. Uh, so uh, it really varies from day to day. But yeah, it's, it's a really busy place. It's, it's hopping. And... <laughs> And so then uh, the birds stay there, they recoup and you reintegrate them. I mean, so how, how many birds are on site at, at any given time or on average? Again, it varies uh, seasonally and, and day to day, but we can sometimes have upward of a couple of hundred animals on site. And it's not just birds. We also take care of mammal, mammals. We take care of reptiles, amphibians, uh, you name it. It comes through the door at some point or other. And um, uh, that's exactly the, the point is to try and give these animals a second chance at life in the wild. Uh, they've usually become injured by something that uh, we caused. And uh, so we try and repair them, uh, get them back out and set them free. And, uh, you know, again, it, it's a way of learning about the problems that are affecting our local wildlife. It tells us a lot about uh, the various issues that are affecting local wildlife. It also is a way of getting people involved. Um, you know, many of the people uh, that join Portland Audubon and to participate with Audubon uh, come in through our care center. Oftentimes, uh, it's their first encounter with us. Uh, and a lot of times, these are incredibly powerful experiences. Somebody uh, finds an injured red tail hawk, brings it in with their kids, and then, you know, a few weeks later, gets to set it free. It's a pretty powerful experience. Uh, so it's, it's a really neat community service that we've provided for a long time. Uh, and we're currently in the process of trying to build a new rehabilitation center. Uh, the current one that we have is uh, 35 years old, and we are in the process of a capital campaign to build a bigger center um, uh, that is modernized, that has a full veterinary suite um, that uh, can handle more capacity. And um, so that's a really exciting project for us right now. Yeah, we're going to take a quick music break and I want to come back and talk some about the physical space for those that haven't been out there. 
Uh, and then also just, um, yeah, let's, we're gonna talk about the physical space. Do you wanna make a song choice or do you want me to put on a, a song? Yeah, let's uh, do, uh, how about Eyes of the World by the Grateful Dead? It's a nice, nice song that begins with a bird. <laughs> Bob Salinger is the Director of Conservation for Portland Audubon. We'll be right back.
Phil Bussey, it's uh, X-Ray FM's The Nonprofit Happy Hour, Talking Birds uh, with Bob Salinger, who is Director of Conservation, has been Director there for nearly 30 years. Um, let's talk real fast. How, how is that? I mean, 30 years, that's, those are big changes. I mean, that's, that's, let's, let's roll it back. That's, I mean, 30 years ago is the spotted owl. Uh, to sort of put a, a marker in uh, bird and legislative history. Um, what has and has not changed in uh, bird protection conservation movement? It's a great question. Um, you know, it's funny, I started here as a volunteer and they didn't want to give me a job because they didn't think I was reliable enough. I wouldn't last. So I've been spending the last 30 years trying to prove them wrong. Um, but uh, a lot has changed. As, as you noted, uh, when I started Audubon 30 years ago, it was kind of the peak of the spotted owl wars. So it was back when uh, the spotted owl and the marble merlet were becoming listed, uh, when folks were uh, really becoming worried about our ancient forests and the deforestation that was occurring. Um, a lot has changed, uh, some for the better and a lot for the worse, actually. Um, we still have those forest challenges today. Uh, the marble roulette and the spotted owl are still listed, and we spend a lot of time working to protect our, uh, our, our northwest forests. Um, climate change is uh, something that we weren't thinking about in the 1990s, uh, but we're certainly thinking about it today. Um, and uh, we have a far greater understanding of how imperiled our wildlife is. Uh, nearly a third of North American birds now are declining precipitously. Uh, and that's a terrifying number, both for their intrinsic value, but also for the ecosystem services they provide. Uh, so, um, you know, we have some real challenges out there. One of the really positive things that I've seen change though over the last 30 years is Portland Audubon was really a pioneer in the area of urban conservation. We've had a very long-term focus on creating uh, livable urban environments and the idea that nature ought to be integrated into the city. It ought to be part of our urban landscape for our own health and also for the biodiversity values that it provides. Uh, and when I started at Portland Audubon, uh, we were somewhat alone in this region in terms of focusing on urban environments. Uh, 
folks really felt that nature was something that was out there, out beyond the urban growth boundary. If you wanted to go see nature, pop in your car and go and get there. And one of the incredibly positive changes I've seen is people have really come to recognize how important it is that we create uh, green, sustainable uh, urban environments, again, both for ourselves, but also for the uh, animals that, that travel this landscape with us. Uh, so we've seen this incredible focus now on uh, restoration of the urban environment, our urban waterways, uh, protection of natural areas, uh, and the idea that everybody ought to live in a place where they have access to nature, clean air, clean water. Um, so that's, that's something that I've seen change dramatically, and uh, it's very exciting to see um, how powerful that movement has become. And, and what a perfect setup for you to describe the space where Portland Audubon exists. We're very, very lucky. Uh, we uh, are up in Forest Park and we have a beautiful, almost 200 acre campus uh, uh, that we have restored and uh, continue to work to restore. Uh, we also have a site at the coast as well uh, in um, Yahats uh, along 10 Mile Creek and then another site up at, um, on, on, on Mount Hood. Uh, so we have, we have three, camp, three places actually uh, that we protect ourselves um, and uh, the Cornell Road Sanctuary up in Forest Park is a great place to come. Uh, we have a nature store and interpretive center. We have miles of trails. Uh, we have educational birds. Uh, we, those are non-releasable animals that have come to our uh, wildlife care center. Uh, so we have uh, what we call animal ambassadors, a raven, a turkey vulture, a great horned owl uh, that you can see and learn about here. Uh, so it's a really uh, just a fun, beautiful sanctuary uh, with, e with even a small stand of old growth that still remains here. Yeah, no, it's 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 truly a remarkable and and, and beautiful space. Um, I wanna I wanna talk about just roll the clock back in our last few minutes here to 18, 19 months ago at the beginning of COVID, and I feel like one of the things that a lot of people talked about was that they suddenly heard birds again. Um, I, I imagine that, you know, I mean, every day you go to work and, and you're hearing birds. Was this a real phenomena? Was this imagined? Um, and, and, and how do you, and real or imagined, how do you use that to leverage people's interest? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we heard that a lot. Huge number of people, uh, you know, were seeing more birds, hearing more birds, and I think part of that was simply that they were in different places than they're usually at, and you become more aware of your surroundings. I think the landscape was quieter, uh, so you're more likely to see than hear them, and uh, people were just just more aware. And uh, so it really was a uh, very interesting phenomenon to see so many people becoming aware of birds, uh, and just that, that our city is this incredible place that has so much biodiversity. Uh, more than 200 species migrate through Portland every year. Uh, so uh, a, a huge interest uh, and a huge opportunity. Um, we have some great programs for people that are interested in uh, protecting birds in their neighborhoods. We, ha we have a backyard certification program uh, that we do in conjunction with Columbia Land Trust, uh, where a technician will actually come out to your property and tell you how to restore it uh, for wildlife. Um, over 7,000 people are enrolled in that program in the metro region right now. So it's a really uh, thriving program. The other really interesting thing about COVID though, uh, was 
as challenging as it was, you know, it forced us to really rethink how we do things as well. Uh, and to adopt very different strategies to reach out to the community and engage people. Uh, and uh, it really opened our eyes to who we missed as well. You know, so many people came in and said, I couldn't participate in your programs for one reason or another, but now that you're doing them differently, now that there's more online, now that there's different kinds of accessibility, uh, there's more opportunity for us to be involved. So, you know, we've learned a lot of lessons uh, through this very difficult period about, um, you know, new strategies for engagement and involvement that we're going to carry forward with us as well. Yeah, well, that, that was going to be my last question is, is what, what, what happens now? What, what's, how does Aud Portland Audubon look coming out of, out of COVID? I think you've, you've answered it to some degree. I mean, so much of what you do is tactile, um, but, but it sounds like you've, you've uh, repositioned a little bit or widened, widened. Widened, widened. You know, I think that's a big challenge for the environmental community in general uh, to engage more people, to reach out to underserved uh, communities. Uh, it's, it's become much more well recognized now that uh, there's a lot of people that have been left behind by the environmental movement. Uh, and so this is one opportunity to learn about people we aren't reaching and to try and do a better job of it. But it's a big priority for us to uh, reach out to underserved communities and um, uh, so that's a priority going forward. And, uh, you know, we're, we're rebooting as we come out of COVID. Uh, there's, we're really a grassroots organization. Uh, there's tremendous opportunities to get involved at Portland Audubon uh, from uh, working in our sanctuary, doing restoration projects, community, community science projects, uh, volunteering in our wildlife care center, uh, educational programming. We use a lot of volunteers in terms of getting involved with uh, kids in adult education. And uh, finally, as activists, and we just have exciting projects from one corner of the state to the other. We're working on marine protection issues, forest protection issues, uh, urban conservation. I think we continue to be a leader in that arena. Uh, and then we have uh, work out in Eastern Oregon as well. We have staff out there too. So there's tremendous opportunity uh, to get involved and uh, try and really make a difference. And ultimately, uh, it's really not just about the birds. Uh, the birds tell us what we're doing to our, to our planet, to our communities. Ultimately, it's really about creating uh, thriving, sustainable, green communities for all of us. So uh, I really encourage people to get involved. It's a really fun place to be part of. Bob, thank you. I, I, I am jazzed about this and I'm going to bring my four-year-old son out this weekend now. I, I've, I've, I have it in our Sunday afternoon plans. Awesome. We look forward to seeing you. Bob Salinger is Director of Conservation for Portland Audubon. This has been the Nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM.
The Nonprofit Happy Hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corps that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.